I'm so glad you're here with us. So that means when you get offended, you can't hold it against me. Because you see, this word of God is offensive. It's offensive to the place to bring liberty and freedom and not bondage. I'm so glad that Doug said that we're here to glorify him. I was sitting praying as we were singing, and God showed me a picture of hearts. And the hearts, there are hearts that have got strings attached to it. There's people that have come in here today who have got issues, and they've left their baggage outside the door. And when they leave here today, they're going to pick up their baggage and go home with it. And that's not the way God works, because that's why the message of transforming the heart is so important. God wants to transform our hearts to be so entrenched in Him, to be whole in Him, that nothing that comes will be able to take our heart away from Him. You see, it's about surrender. Unless you and I surrender our hearts to Jesus, He's not going to take it. God does not work this way where He comes and grabs it from you. God works in the way when we come in full surrender and we lay it down before Him, He will take it. What baggage do you have today? What part in your heart do you have today that needs to be relinquished to Him? If you want your heart transformed according to the statutes of God that His heart beats in you, you need to give it up. You cannot live this life with a heart that is half part or given a little bit to Him. You either give it to Him fully or you don't give it to Him. But in the church, we've had too much of this nonsense where we come in and we treat God like a servant. We come to serve Him. We don't come that He serves us. We've made a mistake when Jesus said, I come to serve. His service was to get on the cross so you and I could have life today. That's his service. He didn't come to serve like a servant. And the problem is when we use the word servant, we've got a very bad way of thinking about a servant. It's a second-rate, low-class person. That is not the servants of God. The servants of God are high and lifted up in the mighty name of Jesus. And if anybody treats you as a servant that you're second-rate and second-class, tell them, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Because you are a daughter and a son of the Most High God. That's who you are. That's who God has positioned you and me to be. But you cannot understand this unless your heart is transformed. Jesus doesn't want to come and edit your and my behavior. He wants to transform our hearts. You see, many times we come to God, we want God to transform. We don't want God to transform us. We want God to come and just Sort us out in our little things so we stay in it. Stan, can I use you for a moment? Okay. He didn't know that I'm going to do this. All right. Okay. So Stan, just open this. Like this. Stand there as if you're going to drink it. Okay. So I come and I bump him. Okay. All right. Sorry. Thanks, Stan. All right. Why have I done that? Because you see... What you are full of in your spirit, that's what's going to come out when you get spiritually bumped. What your heart is full of, is that's exactly what's going to come out. You quickly know when people are truly set apart for Him, is when they get bumped. When things don't go exactly right with them. When the rub comes, when that iron sharpens iron. 
You see, everybody can be, oh, thank you, Jesus, praise you, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Until, bang. Then you quickly see if they can hallelujah, Jesus. Then it's a whole lot of things about hallelujah, Jesus. Yeah! Who's done that before? I don't mind, I have. Come on, be, be honest. Who's done that before when you got bumped, been anything but a Christian? Because it's come out as being a lot of other stuff. I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm not asking you to put your hand up so others can see you. But let's be truthful. How can we be truthful or how can we ask God to transform our hearts if we won't be truthful to ourselves? If you're, going, if you're in a mess, it's time to come to God and say, God, I'm in a mess. Transform my heart. Change me. Make me anew. Just like David said. You see, this is the reason. Who can go up to the mountain of the Most High God? Or who shall stand in His holy place? Now, number one, let's get this straight away. There are two things that God wants. He wants a godly character and a Jesus culture. We've hidden behind our cultures and traditions for too long. Oops, I might be offending people here. What, are you saying I mustn't be Chinese? I mustn't be Filipino? I mustn't be American? I mustn't be South African? No, what I'm saying to you is when you've given your life to Christ, you've changed your citizenship. Your citizenship has now become God's citizenship. That means you've become His. That means your citizenship is in heaven. Your citizenship is not here on earth. But we hide behind our cultures. Oh, we don't do this in our culture. We don't do that in our culture. Well, what about his culture? God seeks a godly character and a Jesus culture. Simple. As simple, as simple as that. Husbands, if we are not treating our wives with honor and respect as a daughter of the Most High God, we are wrong. We want to, po- we want to point out our wives, wives, you need to love us because the Bible says you need to love us. Well, stop. God says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. You want your wife to respond in kind and to honor you and respect you? Then you love her like Christ loves her. If not, you're wrong. If not, you're living a hypocritical life. Husbands, we set the pace in our homes. We are the ones. You want to be the high priest? Well, are you prepared to clean the toilet? Are you prepared to, to scrub the floors? I might be treading on people's toes this morning, but that's okay. Stan, they can come to you for counsel afterwards? Okay, very good. Okay. Please understand something from me. I don't, I'm not here. And, and I, please, I'm, this is not arrogance. When I come and my father gives me an opportunity to stand before you guys, I'm here to do honor to his name, not to bother about whether you get upset or not. Okay? I will rather offend every single one of you in this place before I bring an offense to his name. Please understand that's where I come from. Because that's what it means to walk a holy lifestyle. That's what it means to live holy and just like him. If I can't be truthful to you, then I'm a hypocrite. If I can't speak the truth, because that's, my, that's the love that I know that God shared with me. God loved me so much that in the depths of my sin, He got on that cross for me. He got on that cross and He brought freedom to me when He didn't have to. I was walking by the waterside the other day. 
And I looked down and it was high tide and I saw all this. There were bottles and debris and rubbish under the water. And God reminded me that he came to each one of us and he washed and cleansed us in our sin. He didn't ask us to come to him and get rid of our rubbish. He came and he washed and cleansed us in our sin. I know I'm taking a bit longer, but I just feel God wants, wants to go in a different direction here. Because God needs to change your heart. You want to be different out there. Then you need to allow him to change your heart. Not just for a moment, but for eternity. For eternity. God changes hearts for eternity. He's always got that in perspective. Eternity. His is not just for the here and now. You and I, unfortunately, we think we think in eternity, but we're worried about here and now. God needs to change it now so that eternity can come to pass. Because that's why Jesus got on the cross. Who shall go up to the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted himself up to falsehood or what is false, nor sworn deceitfully. Businessmen in this place, if you are not paying your taxes on time, you are wrong. If you are not operating honorably, if you are taking bribes or giving bribes to get business, you are wrong. You are not acting godly. Your business is not extra extra from you. Your business is part of you. As you are in your home, you are in your business. As you're in your business, you're out there in the public life. Wherever you are, as you are here, you are there in the same way. If not, you're a hypocrite. If my life is not the same, and you can ask my family, I'm the same at home, I'm the same wherever they find me, this is who I am. You can ask Doug. If we are not the same, we are hypocrites. And the Bible is clear, hypocrites will not enter the kingdom of God. I'm not here to to threaten you. I'm not here to to cause anything. I'm here to speak the truth, that the truth will set you free. His truth. I'm not here to bring an opinion of his word. I'm here to represent him and present him. You make the decision. But it is infinitively more important what you do outside these walls than what you're doing in here now. If you are not transporting the change of your heart from here outside, you are wrong then you're living a life that is not pleasing unto him. Uh, you guys are still okay with me? You're not going to stone me just yet? Okay. Uh, we am, okay. I'm just going to stop on this one because God gave me something else. We know about the parable of the sower. Some seeds were sown and fell on dry ground. Some fell on the rock. Some fell on, on not so good, fell where there were thorns. And others fell on good soil. It is only in the good soil, only in the good soil, that the seeds grew to a place where it became abundance. Any other part where the, where the seeds fell, withered and died, the birds came and took it. Now, understand this. Satan is as real as Jesus is. Hell is as real as heaven is. Okay? We still need to repent today just like they needed to repent then. Yes, we are under grace, but it's because of under grace that we need to repent. It's not repentance so that we can just get grace. We need to repent because we are under grace. 
Grace is not a reason for you and me to go forth and sin and do whatever we want to and then say sorry to God. He's not a sorry God. He's a holy, just, righteous God. That's who He is. And you, as His son or His daughter, you are called to live holy, just, righteous lives. That is the standard of becoming a believer in Christ Jesus. That is the standard. Obedience to Him above all else. I know I haven't given this to them on on the thing, but this is what God said. In transforming the lives, is your heart set apart for Christ Jesus, according to 1 Peter 3? Is your heart set apart? What does set apart mean? Sydney, can can you come here? See, Sydney and I are brothers in Christ, okay? So let's say he's the good brother and I'm the bad brother, otherwise people think I'm doing something like that, okay? So he's the good brother, I'm the bad brother. All right. Whose heart is set apart for him? You see, I'm over here and I'm stealing out of his pocket. I'm taking his money. Yeah. I'm, you know him. Turn around. I love you, my brother. Just, just. My brother, just stay there. How many times are we exactly like that? In our spirit, in the way we think? In the way we feel? How many times do we do exactly like that with God? How many times do we do that with each other? Oops. It's a bit burning now. But that's the truth. The truth is, how many times do I destroy my brother? In front of him, oh my brother, praise you Jesus, hallelujah. He's a big don't have anything to do with Sydney. He's a terrible person. Okay, thanks, Sydney. Thank you. <laughs> How many times do we do exactly that with him? Do we treat God in the same way when we do that with each other? If I've got a problem with you, I need to come to you. How many times do you find out around about six different people that I've spoken about, I've got a problem with you, but I've never come to you? That's not a transformed heart. That's not a transformed life. For out of the mouth, what comes forth from the heart, the mouth will speak. How many times have our lips spoken stuff and then we say, oh, I just made a mistake. No, you didn't make a mistake. You spoke it because it comes out of your heart. It's resident in your heart. And that's the reason. You find somebody going through a tough time. How many of you have gone to that person, put your arm around them, say, I'm with you, and walk, around, walk away and never go back and find out how they are? Hmm. Peter speaks to us and he says to us, make the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your hearts so that he is truly the Lord of your life. When he's the Lord of your life and he's resident in your heart, fear, anxiety, stress goes out the window. Who's, who's struggling with fear and anxiety today about whatever it is? And I want you to be honest. Be honest. Because you're doing this for God. Okay? It's, this is not about, oh, who's looking at me? He sees you as you are. 
We can hide it. I can hide anything from you. I can come and portray anything I want to in front of you. But he sees everything. So why are we trying this thing? Jesus is the antidote of fear. Where does fear come from? Okay? Where does fear come from? Hmm? Sydney? Fear. The originator of fear is Satan. But where does fear come from? Here. In the heart. See, the battleground might be in the mind, but the heart is the prize. When Satan has your heart, or God has your heart, you're going to be with either one. You can't be with both. You're with one or the other. You either follow Jesus or you follow, follow, follow Satan. Jesus himself said, if you don't follow me, you're a son of Satan. Oh, but you, how can we say that? Oh, you're offending me now. That means if I'm doing this, yes, you're either following Jesus or you're following Satan. You, there's no two ways about it. If you come to a fork in the road and you're driving in your car, you choose to go left or you choose to go right. You don't go into the middle of the island and have a big smack and a, and a crash because then you're going nowhere. You choose to go left or you choose to go right. So why is it so difficult to do this when we're faced with the things of God and the things of the world? It's because our hearts are not in the right place. Our hearts have not been transformed. Our hearts have not been changed to see where He wants us to go. Jesus has to be the Lord of our hearts because in Scripture, the heart is the center of everything that happens with us. Our emotions... Now, ladies, emotions. Hmm. Husbands, don't rub your hands in glee and say, okay. Wives, see, it's coming. Our emotions are so often the biggest hurdle in our lives. Because our emotions are like this. You cannot make a decision based on emotions of the heart because it will fail you. How many times, ladies, have you seen a guy that you like? <gasps> and then you see he's with another girl. <gasps> One moment you're right up here, and the next moment you're right down there. Us guys, we want to be macho, so we say, no, we don't have emotions. We, we're not emotional. We go sit in a movie with our wives, and it's a soppy movie, and then we turn away and we wipe the tear. What's wrong with you? No, there's just something in my eye. There's nothing wrong with our emotions if they're kept in check under the banner of Jesus. But we don't make decisions based on emotions because the emotions are not solid and set. I'm, I'm just going to go skip some of these. These are all about the sower that's falling on, 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 on the ground. But I want to come to this other one. Uh, I've, this is the first time I've actually do, done with this, so please forgive me for my lack of um, using of this stuff. Matthew 6.21 For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Is Jesus your ultimate treasure? Is he your daily treasure? Is he your daily bread? Doug was praying earlier on and said, Our Father art in heaven. Do you know that that's a royal decree? 
that the Lord's prayer is a royal decree. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Or are you still bothered with your kingdom? Is your kingdom your home? Is your kingdom your wife? Is your kingdom your kids? Is your kingdom your, your, your business? Because that will take you away from his kingdom. We are subjects in his kingdom. Everything that we have, it starts with the decision of the heart. Jesus has said that the heart is the center of our being, and from it springs emotions, thoughts, motives, courage, actions, attitudes, longings, and character. The Bible warns us in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, guard it, for it is the wellspring of life. As a man thinks in his heart, now woman, that means man, it's man and woman, it's not men. As man thinks in his heart, so he is. How many times have you faced a thing, and how many of you are facing decisions and issues now, right now? And your heart is all in a mess. Okay? And you're trusting God for stuff, but man, the attack of your heart is, you, you, you feel like your heart is splintered in a thousand positions. The heart, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of your life. And out of that wellspring of life will flow other rivers of wellsprings of life. Okay? If I want to be a wellspring of life to people, if I want to be a wellspring of life to Maria or to Stan or whoever else, I need to be and make sure that my heart is guarded, that I guard the wellspring of life so that I can be the wellspring of life. Too often we treat Christianity. Okay, let me, let me retract a bit. I'm not a Christian. Oh, how can he say that? I'm a son of the living God. Because I've allowed him to take my heart, transform my heart, and release me according to his statutes. You see, Christian, the word Christian was given as a, a derogatory term to believers in those days. Little Christs. But they didn't mean it well. They meant it as a bad thing. John, why are you so fired up? I'm always fired up. I'm always fired up about my father's word. Because it's true and it's just and it's right. The Bible warns us, as I said, to guard our heart. Jesus reigns in our hearts, in our words, in our actions, and they will portray him to the world. You are the only Bible somebody might ever read in their lives. How they're reading you. How many of you moan and groan about the smallest of things? How many of you gossip and slander others? Ugh. You see, this is very times, the tongue is the smallest part of our body, but it is the most acid and the most thing to break things down. But where does it extend from? It extends from here. Just like I bumped Stan and water came out. When people bump you, what's coming out of your heart? Because it comes out of your mouth. I was in the building industry for 15 years. And when I gave my life to Christ, God took away my triple, 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 triple X-rated mouth. 
because I couldn't go past saying any sentence without using multiple frogs and flowers and all those kind of stuff. When I gave my life to Christ, God took away my X-rated mouth. And I would hit my hand when I'm hammering something. I'd hit it with this hammer. And everybody's waiting for me to explode and use all this lovely flowered language. And it wouldn't come out. And they would say to me, but John, how come you can't do that? I said, because it's not there anymore. That's what it means to be transforming of the heart. I know pastors and leaders who use the F word and all these kind of things still today. And they get upset with me when I challenge them. Oh, but I made a mistake. No, you didn't make a mistake. It's still resident in your heart. What is in your heart will come out. Not in the good times, but when you're going through the tough times, that's what will come out. That's when you know what is truly in your heart. That's when you know whether or not your heart is truly transformed for Him. Because if your heart is transformed for Him, the overflow, the overflow, the overflow, say, the overflow of my tongue. Everybody say this. The overflow of my tongue represents my heart. If that's one thing that I want to leave with you today is that the overflow of your tongue is the representative of your heart. Because out of the heart comes forth all these things. How many times, how many times have you got into an argument with somebody? Do you feel bad up here or do you feel bad here? <laughs> the heart. It's the heart. In the human heart, there is a throne. Now, sorry. Okay, who's my next victim I can choose? Now, so I don't know you. Can I ask you to come? Okay. So what's your name? Brian. Brian, thank you. Okay. So Brian, go sit on your throne, please. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Brian represents the human heart. Okay. He represents the human heart. Now, just for, for this, Brian is not a very nice person. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Brian is not a very nice person. So, I walk past, and him and I have had issues. All right? So, I want you to act out as if you, you don't dig me. All right? So, without me seeing... What's up? What did I do to you? You know what? Jesus loves you. You know what his response will be? What? Jesus loves me? There you go, you holy Joe, you Jesus freak. Why? Because there's a throne, there's a throne that's of our hearts. This is the throne of our hearts. We've got a choice. We've got a choice to have the old carnal man upon the throne in our heart. Or, thank you, Brian. Or we can have Jesus. We can have Jesus sitting on that throne. Who's sitting on the throne of your heart today? You? Your carnal nature? The old man? Or Jesus? I'm not asking you to, to, to tell me because you're going to have to ask God to check your heart out. 
See, too often we speak very quickly, but if the actions don't follow what we've professed, then we are hypocrites. And I don't want any one of you to be a hypocrite. And I don't want any of you to go astray. My heart's desire is to see all of you alive and well in the kingdom of God. That's my heart's desire. But the truth of the matter is, there are times that we're not going to see people that were sitting with us in the church. Because Jesus said himself, not all who say, Lord, Lord, will enter my kingdom. Oh, but Lord, I did this for you. I went on missions. I went on this. He says, get away from me. Your heart knew nothing of me. Why do you think I'm speaking about the heart today? Because it's the heart of the Father that needs to beat within us. It's not about putting on a title and a robe called Christian. It's about living a lifestyle that is pleasing to Him. And that extends from the heart. That extends from the throne of man. Because we've made a decision to allow Him to be the Lord and Savior of our lives. We've allowed Him, the Lordship, of heart, the Lordship. We've set apart the Lordship of Christ in our hearts so that He can have His way. The problem is, we speak so often, but our actions don't reply. The big question who sits on the throne, it could be said there are three different kinds of heart. Firstly, there's the heart of the unbeliever who sits selfishly on his own throne. Secondly, there's the heart of the double-minded Christian who wants to be in control of his life. But he also wants Jesus to sit on the throne with him. And the third one is that the heart of the believer who gets out of the way and allows Jesus to be sitting on the throne. Unless, unless there is full loving obedience to him day by day by day by day, you will never become steadfast believers in Christ Jesus. You, you can read your Bible every single day and still not be consecrated to him. You can read and pray every single day of your life and still not have relinquished and submitted fully to Him. The disciples were the, disciples were the, the examples for all of us. Some of the disciples. Same as Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny Him three times because He knew what was in Peter's heart. Same as he knew what was in Judas' heart. Same as he knew what was in the disciples' hearts when he asked them to stay awake while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew where they were going to sleep. He knows what's in your and my heart today. Even though we try and guard and hide it. How many people come... T- <laughs> this might hurt. I was in the States recently. And I preached in some of the churches. And some of the churches, you want to know why people don't listen and don't understand and don't get what God wants them to get? It's because they sit in the church on their cell phones, on Facebook, WhatsApp messaging each other. Now, I'm thankful for modern technology. It's great. But it's also a curse. Because people have become, that's become their God. They can't get off it. They're busy texting each other, asking each other, when are we going to meet for lunch or whatever, 
So what are they listening to? What are they getting in their hearts? You see, the priority is not Jesus. The priority is they come here, they put up a big show, they sit in a chair. Oh, I was in church on Sunday. Woo! Hippie beret, pat me on the back. I'm a Christian. No, you're not! You're asleep. When you are consecrated to Him and your heart is consecrated to Him, He is your priority. He and He alone is your priority. And I'm here to tell you today, unless Jesus is your priority, unless you're prepared to forsake all else and everybody else, even your own family, you cannot be His disciple. You cannot walk in His statutes. He said it Himself. If you love your life, more than you love him, you cannot be his disciple. That is the truth of the word of God. Am I putting a heaviness on you? Some of you might feel I am. But that's okay. Maybe you need to be shocked into reality. Because that's what this word does. When a person's going into heart failure and they're lying on the floor, and I'm not going to ask, Albert, I could actually ask you to come and lie here and make as if you've been shocked. No, I won't. I won't. I won't. Okay. You're lying on the floor. You're in heart failure. Do you worry where they're going to tear off, your, tear off your shirt and put these things on and shock you that you're bouncing on the street in front of everybody? No, you don't because you want life. So why do we care so much what other people think about us when we should be caring only what he thinks. Because he thinks only good things about us. And that comes from your heart. Is your heart truly for him today? Is your heart truly for him? So let me leave you with this. In the end, at the heart of the matter, it's the heart that matters. This is what I've prayed many times. Lord, dip me in the kerosene of your spirit and set my heart ablaze that I may burn for you alone. Are you prepared to allow God to dip you in the kerosene of his spirit? Why, why the word kerosene? When you, I don't know about you. If you take kerosene and you light it, it erupts in flame. It doesn't just start a little bit. It literally erupts into flame. That's what I want to be. That's what I strive to be. To walk as a burning one for Christ. That my heart burns. That I cannot, I, can, I, I feel like Jeremiah. That I cannot but speak from my heart and my bones are so flamed with him. I'm passionate about this gospel, about the king, because he saved me when I deserved nothing. I gave him no reason to save me. He dug down deep in the bottom of the miry pit. He dug down deep in the worst part of the waste. And he came up with me. And he chose. He chose to save me and set me free. And wash me and cleanse me. In my dirt. In my muck. And I had a choice. To deliver my heart to him. Or to keep it away from him. When you give, if you give with one hand and you're holding here, that means you're still holding. But when you fully surrender, why do you think we do this? 
It means I surrender to you, Lord. Not, okay, Robert, take my money. It's I surrender to you, Lord. That means I give you everything. I give you everything. If that's you today, if that's you today, hmm, I'm going to ask you to do something. If that's what you want, if that is your desire, Lord, dip me in the kerosene of your spirit and set my heart ablaze so that I may burn for you alone. I'm going to ask you to stand where you are. Please do not stand because your friends are standing. And please do not not stand because you're afraid or ashamed that somebody might look at you. I'm not asking you to make a statement for God. I'm asking you to surrender to Him. That's what I'm asking you to do. And you can be sitting in this church for 50 years already. It's not about that. It's about you allowing Him to position your heart and to grab it and pull it to pull you up. So if that's you, I'd like you to stand because I want to pray for you. Father, I'm overcome with emotion. That when your word is prospered, when your word goes forth, Father, and it speaks to the heart and the heart responds, people come to you. I thank you for the people standing, Father. I thank you for the people that are not standing. And I ask you, Father, today, grab hold of their hearts with such Verb and vigor. And let your passion come forth in such a manner that the kerosene of your spirit comes and sets our hearts ablaze. Not for any reason, but for you and you alone. Father, I honor you today. I glorify you today. And I thank you today that you are the righteous, holy, just God, a God of love whose love burned with such passion and desire, Jesus got on the cross. Release us, refresh us, restore us, and, re- and transfigure our hearts today that we may burn brightly for you, that others may see and come to know the one and true risen King, that you will draw all men to you because of what blazes in each one of us. In the name that is above all names. In the name that is without rival, without equal. In the name that is the most powerful name. The name, and we all say to you, the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.